God is good, amen. God is a good God, amen. You're looking for the coming of Christ? I don't know about you. I'm ready. <laughs> this is an old song. When I first started writing songs, this was one of them. Give me a little time. Please, Jesus. That's what I used to. Used to say till someone told me he could be coming any day now. Jesus Christ, he's coming again. He's coming like he left. For me and for you, he's coming through the clouds for every eye to see. He's coming again. This old world is filled with troubles. It's got its wars and famine and sins. Those are signs of His coming. Jesus Christ, He's coming again. He's coming like he left for me and for you. He's coming through the clouds for every eyes to see. He's coming again. He's coming again. I love that old song, amen. Praise God. Thank God he's coming back, amen. Amen. God is a good God. Every eye shall see him. Every tongue shall bow before him one day and confess that he is Lord. Amen. And I can think about a lot of things, a lot of people. But you know what? Most people say, well, I'll never bow. You'll bow one day. <laughs> They'll bow one day. Hitler will bow one day. Come on, somebody. All these ungodly leaders that through history is going to bow one day. And they're going to testify that Jesus is Lord. Amen. How many are glad to be in church this morning? Praise God. Not a good time to get together on a cold, cold morning. It don't need to be cold in the church. <laughs> right? We need to be hot. We need to be on fire, man. We need to see some flames fly in this place. Hallelujah. I don't like to see a sleeping church. Amen. Praise God. I remember years ago I was preaching and one old boy, he comes to church and he, I mean, he'd fall asleep on me. <laughs> he was trying to listen, but he just 
I guess he had sleep apnea. I don't know what it was. Maybe I was born into dead. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I'd preach, and he'd say, he'd be sleeping. He'd say, hey, man, hey, man. He'd wake up and go back to you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> At least he heard some of the gospel <laughs> when he was awake. <laughs> How many glad you in church this morning? Praise God. Let's go ahead and let's get into the word this morning. I want to turn to Matthew real quick. We're living in a time right now where faith is so important. Man, I don't think, and I told somebody that today. I mean, Boog was talking about maybe, or somebody. I don't think we understand what that word faith is. Most people use it in the church. Well, I got faith in God. Oh, yeah. Well, what does that mean? How, what does your faith mean? What, what, I mean, how do you have faith in God? Well, I just believe him. Okay. I have no problem with that, but do you believe him? <laughs> mm. what is, what, well, you know, you can believe in God, but do you believe him? Are you sounded and grounded in the word of God? Are you, are you, are you, is your faith rooted in what he says? And that plays in my mind back and forth, back and forth. I watch it even through my own faith. Are we really grounded in the word? Are we really grounded in the words of Jesus? You know, when Jesus speaks, does that take all authority over everything in your life? <laughs> Watch. Well, I believe in Jesus for my husband's salvation or my wife's salvation. I believe in Jesus for a new job. I believe in Jesus. That's good and that's right. But not because you just believe. It's because you believe. You got to set yourself firm in what Jesus taught us. Listen, I said it a while ago. If, I don't, if you don't leave here without faith, I haven't done my job. If I can't present to you the word of God and you believe it, then what good am I? Well, but lady, I talk in tongues. That's great, but that ain't enough. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I go to church. That's good, but that ain't enough. <laughs> Man, I feel like preaching. <laughs> I do all the things. I pay my tithes. I give offerings. That ain't enough. None of that matters anything if you're not going to believe in what Jesus said. Right? We're living in a time where I see it. There's so much unbelief in the church. It's unreal. And so much belief in the body of Christ. And I'm just talking about in general. Because so many people are following what a preacher says and they believe in what a man says and not believe in what Jesus says. Believe it or not, there are some people today, they'll, they'll, they'll side with what a preacher says before Jesus. You know, if Jesus says adultery is still a sin, but a preacher says, well, if you love the person, you don't have to have a license. That's sin. He's lying to you. If there's no commitment and union that ties you and your husband or you and your wife together or whatever, there, there's, there is sin. Well, that's not what I believe in. I don't care what you believe. The Bible says uh, adultery is a sin. And I'm just using that for an example. It could be anything, right? Does Jesus change? Does, is his word changing? Is the, 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 does preachers... Do, or do we follow what a man says before we follow what God says? This is still the foundation where we put our faith. Listen, I don't care what I say. If I see something in this book, don't believe me, okay? 
I'm not here to preach my own opinion. There ain't much to preach. <laughs> it's in what God has stated in his word, right? I want you to look, look at something with me real quick. Let me get my glass pouch right here. What I told you, Matthew? All right. Matthew chapter 8, real quick. That was a man that came to Jesus. He was a, a centurion. And what that was, he was a, a, a Roman general of some sort. Uh, he was the top notch of the military of Rome, right? If you ever study that, you find out a centurion was, listen, he had people bowing before him. He had people running for everything he wanted. Listen, this guy was super, he was a super general, with what we call today a four-star general in the American army. This was a four-star general. And he came to Jesus. He had a servant of his that was sick. And listen, for him to come to Jesus, he risked all that he had. He risked losing his authority, his generalship, whatever he had, the power he had. He risked losing it all. Because he loved his servant. Listen, a servant back there was nothing but property to some people. You know, a slave was considered property. A slave was considered some, like a, you owned a cattle. But this guy, the satyrian, didn't see it that way. He had a servant that he loved. And to love that servant, he would risk everything he worked for, Ray, to come to Jesus. I thought about saying, man, what's this man thinking? We won't serve Jesus if somebody looks at us cross-eyed. Come on, we won't, we won't serve Jesus if somebody calls us a holy roller. Are you by, you, like, like a lot of times I've been, uh, the preacher is here. <laughs> oh, so, man, I'm the preacher. We, would, we, 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 won't, we won't serve Jesus if, 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 if we have a little bit of uncomfortableness in our faith. You know what I'm saying? Somebody pricks us with something. Somebody gets on our nerves. They looked at me funny. They didn't speak to me when I went to church. So you could things like that, seriously. But here this man is coming to Jesus and he's risking everything. Everything he worked for, every, my God, everything he had his life bound up in for a little servant, a slave. And Jesus, he approaches Jesus in verse, now when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, a satyrian came on in verse 5 to him, pleading with him, saying, now listen to this, saying, Lord, now wait a minute, there was no Lord to a Roman soldier but Caesar. Huh? <laughs> but he recognizes Jesus' authority above Caesar. My God, and he wasn't even a Jew. He wasn't even a Christian. He wasn't, he was, he was a Roman soldier, a pagan. Somebody that bowed before images and called Caesar God, and, and he was nobody. And listen, he, he called Jesus Lord. Hallelujah. We can't get Christians to even testify of Jesus when they walk out the church. I'm scared somebody push me aside. I'm scared to reject me. Heck on if they reject you or not. Praise. You are a believer. You're a child of God. That ought to be the thing to testify more than anything in your life. 
Not how much money you make, not how much big house you got, not how much big cars you got, not how much. Come on, it's Jesus, man, it's Jesus. We're there to testify of the Lord. He is Lord. What's that song we used to sing? Oh, I'm a, it's going to come to me after a while. The Lord is, is Christ. He is the hope and faith of everything that we live for, right? And this Satyrian didn't even know that. He just automatically called Jesus Lord. Now you think a minute, if a picture, get this in your mind. And I said it over. He is risking everything. He could be killed for this. He could be put, Caesar could have had him executed. Put in prison. But he says, Lord, my servant is laid at home paralyzed or he's, he's he, you know, he, he can't walk, he can't move. He's dreadfully tormented. Now, Jesus, all he said, I will come. <laughs> but watch. This story always got to me because I recognized that the satyrian saw something in Jesus that a lot of Christians don't see, Lawrence. <laughs> he said, man, next to you, I'm nothing. I got people under me. I tell them, go here, go there, do this, do that, and they do it. But how dare I stand up and try to make you do something when you're greater than Caesar, when you're greater than, than, than me, when you're greater than everything? How can I tell you to come? Lord, man, <laughs> I said to myself, do we really know what faith is when we're willing to risk everything we have? To apply that faith? A little servant? A slave? He's risking it all. He identifies Jesus as authority. Because I cannot make you go and come and do what I want. Because you have a greater authority than me. Watch, I'm going to show you. And the Syrian said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should even come under my roof. <laughs> he says, but only, and that's where we get it, only speak the word. <laughs> Ooh, man, that'd make, a, that'd, that'd make a Baptist shout, bro. <laughs> hey, just speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. <laughs> come on, somebody. Lord, all you have to do is speak the word. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and he will be what? Healed. Healed. My Lord, I feel like preaching, man. Y'all better watch out. I'm going to get a Pentecostal fit over here. Hallelujah. Speak the word. Just say the word. <laughs> How many of you beg Jesus? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Come on, please, God. You remember, he spoke the word. If it's in his word, it's yours. Right? If he said it, it's yours. Speak the word. My Lord, come on. So just say it. Speak, Jesus. For I'm a man under authority, he says in verse 9. 
having soldiers under me. And I say to, to this one, go. And he goes. And to the other, come. And he comes. To my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it, what did he do? My Lord. Have you ever marveled Jesus in your life? Has Jesus ever looked at you, marveled with your faith? Oh, faith is some word we use in the church. Like, you know, uh, joy and grace. And has, Jesus, has your faith ever moved the heart of the Lord? You see, the, he didn't just come and say, Jesus, I command you to come heal my servant. Because I am a Roman. I am Caesar's right under Caesar. No, he didn't say that. He marveled. It amazed. It, it surprised Jesus, so to speak. Jesus, I can't believe this. I can't believe a man has that much faith. He says, in verse, uh, Jesus heard this. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, To those that follow him, surely I say, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. No, not in the church. No, not in believers. They, listen, we, listen I, I, I listen to people. Listen, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you've got to grow by watching sometimes. You're not being judgmental when you see people misuse the things of God. You say, God, what's wrong? Then I go back in my life and say, God, why can't I believe? Like the Bible demands and commands me to believe. Has my faith moved the heart of God? Has your faith moved the heart of God? Did God ever marvel when he saw you, you believing in him? Setting your faith, your, your, your heart strongly in what the Lord has spoken? And you know what? I'm not just preaching to you. I have the same problem, right? And lately, God has been trying to show me something. Son, my word is life. My word is truth. My word is the only thing that matters. I have to apply that faith in what he said to whatever I'm dealing with, right? Wherever I'm going, whatever I'm facing. Now, all of us in this room have a pro little problems and situations we're dealing with, right? You have to go back to God's word. Say, God, what, 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 are we, what can I do? How can I? And you go back to his word, and he says, well, this is what I, I, I said. This is my word. This is, I, this is what I spoke, right? And sometimes we look at it, I don't like that answer, God, because it demands something of us. See, a lot of times God speaks things, and it demands something. It demands believing and having faith and setting your affections upon those things that are above. and not. Be you can go on and on and on and on. You know, first seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things. That's good. Jesus spoke that. We want an answer from God. We want God to do something, but we won't seek the things of God. We won't seek his answer. We want God to do his part, and we don't have to do our part. I'm going to read a... Uh, Turn with me. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you that in a minute. I have, it, I have it right here. In Romans chapter 10, verse 7. How do you get faith? I'm talking about, and the Lord, remember, great faith. That's the, that's the, that's the message I want to preach this morning. Great faith. This is not to benefit the church. It's to benefit you this morning, okay? You're struggling with something. You have a battle in your life. There's something you need to deal with. And it's personal, right? And as it's personal, you have to go to God based on his word. 
How simple is that? I've been praying and I just can't get an answer from You can get an answer. Trust him. Trust his word. You're looking for something to happen in your life? Trust his word. If God said it, that settles it, right? There's nothing's going to change God's mind. God said, if you can believe me, all things are possible to those that can believe, right? All things are possible if you're willing to take your faith a, a step further and say, I'm going beyond what I, my corner mind thinks. I'm going beyond what men say. Come on, Holy Ghost. I'm going beyond what some church people say. I'm going beyond. I'm going, I'm going according to God's word. Then that puts you on another level. You're going from faith to faith, right? Sure, you started believing in God and believing in God for things that, but now your faith has to grow. You're going from faith to faith. You're getting, you're getting strong in your faith, strong in your faith, strong in your faith. Every time you listen to God, every time you apply God's word, your faith gets strong. I feel the Holy Ghost. gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It's called exercising your faith. God says, believe this. Believe what I've said. You believe? I don't have a problem. Nobody in this church doesn't believe there's a God. But do you believe God? <laughs> you see, I'm not asking the same question, right? <laughs> Most of Americans say there is a God, but look at the condition of the church. And look at the condition of Christians. They don't know where to go from one end to the other. <laughs> they're as messed up as, as the world. They got more divorces in the church than they do get in the world because they're not believing. They're not setting God's affections. First, Setting their affections on the Lord. But I thought messages on faith is supposed to be how you can tell us how we can get from God. You know, I need a Cadillac. I need a brand new house. I need all my bills paid. I need all I, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I need a healing in my body. It's all wonderful. That's true. But it's not what I'm talking about this morning. You're not going to get none of that stuff till you believe God. <laughs> right? Does this make sense? Do you believe God? <laughs> I went to church all my life. Do you believe God? I read the Bible through seven times. Do you believe God? I speak in tongues. Do you believe God? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Somebody say, like I say, say out or amen or something. <laughs> Seriously. I'm trying to keep my hands in my pocket, right? <laughs> I can't even know I'm doing a good job. <laughs> Hallelujah. If I let my hands, listen, I get excited, man. My hands are wave all over this place. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm trying to compose myself. That ain't going to work. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Y'all need to pray for me. Seriously. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Lord, help that man. Hallelujah. Believe, God. <laughs> you pray for me. <laughs> So then, Romans 10, verse 17 says, So faith comes by hearing. Are you hearing me this morning? <laughs> faith comes by hearing, and hearing by Lanny. Or Coda Home Fellowship. Or so-and-so's religion. No, no. There you go. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Right? So when you hear his word, faith comes. You know, I, I used to do this, and somebody told me, a preacher told me years ago. He said, Lenny, when you read your Bible, read it out loud to yourself. 
or get now I use a lot. I use the, my, my my thing on my and it reaches for me. Because when I hear it, come on, somebody. You see, just, just reading it silent, some people might like that's fine, but when you hear it, it's different. Because you can hear it. <laughs> Are you hearing me this morning? <laughs> you listen and you hear it, and you're reading out loud, you're hearing the word of the Lord. And it's speaking to you. It's an event. This is what I want for you, Yvette. Jan, this is what I want my wife. All of us, we can name everybody in here. When you hear it, it has a powerful effect on what you do. Come on, somebody. So when we hear and we believe the word of God, it says the only thing that's going to watch. Let me show you the next verse in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 3. It says, for I say that through the grace given unto me to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly. And as, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know, you got a measure of faith. God measures an amount of faith to you. You know, when <laughs> I'm not a cook, please. I can't boil water. Hallelujah. That's how bad. <laughs> Seriously. <clears throat> but I know, <clears throat> you know, when you're cooking something, and I use the examples biscuits. You don't just throw flour in a, in, in a pan and say, cook. Right? You don't, you don't, you know, you don't just say, well, I'm just going to put the flour in there and I'll, I'll let a biscuit. No, you got to put butter. I don't know how to cook a biscuit. Butter or whatever, or the yeast or whatever it takes to make a biscuit a biscuit. You got to have the measure. You got a measuring cup and you say, I need so much of this and I need so much of this. <laughs> You know, you don't put it on. <laughs> Come on. I tell people, I'll burn water. That's how bad I cook. I mean, I, listen. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> when you don't measure something, my wife, I was growing up. I, listen, when I was a young, young man, I wouldn't read instructions. I look at the pieces in a, in a, in a box or I get something, and the instructions are there. <laughs> but you <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd always come up with extra pieces. <laughs> and I got to confess, I still do that sometimes. Hallelujah. But anyway, <laughs> but you notice them, them pieces are there for a reason, right? You got, you got those pieces because they go in the box. They go in the whatever you, listen, you, you leave something out, you're not going to have, no, it's not going to work. So you got to, listen, the same thing with, with measuring something. If faith is measured unto you, it's the right amount. But you know, as you get strong in your faith, you'll measure a little bit more. You're, you know, a little bit more. You're going from faith to faith, growing from faith to faith. You straight, listen, only had a period where we're going to be, the Bible says, but when he comes, we're going to be like him. So from now to heaven, we got to walk with God, we got to face. I mean, we got to walk with the Lord. And along that way, there's a devil. <laughs> And he's going to try to rip your faith right out of your heart. Remember I preached last week about what kind of seed is your seed in? What kind of seed ground is your seed planted in? You know, if it's, not, if it's planted among the thorns, the world comes out and it chokes it out. If it's planted along the road, the birds come and devour it out. Devour the seed. But if it's planted in good soil, it's going to take root. 
And the thing about good soil, you got to put that seed deep. <laughs> Can't just throw it on the soil. You got to make a hole for it. You got to put it in, bury it in, water it till you get some fruit, right? Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Let me just read it to you. Look at unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, and I want to stop a minute because I ain't going to keep you too, too long, but book writes a book, write a book, wrote two books. You know, in the mind of that author, there's a plan. See, I, I, just about every good book you read, there's always a good ending, right? <clears throat> he might, you might start with trials and troubles and storms and everything else, but after a while, if the author is presenting something, he's presenting to give you victory, right? At the end of the book, most of what I read, there's always a, a happy ending, right? There's always victory at the end. But it's not necessarily the victory that's important. It's how you got to that victory. See, people need to know how to have faith. People need to know how to have great faith. People need to know how to walk with God. So when Jesus is rewriting often your life, he's taking your life, he said, this is what I want. This is, how, this is the book. This is what I'm writing. I'm writing your faith. Right? Authorship of your faith. I am the author of your faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that book or that faith just like I, like I want it to be, not like you want it to be. So he's in his mind. He's got, well, I'm going to let Mindy back there go through some trials. Or Chucky or, or anybody, me. I'm going to let you face some things. Oh, man, I feel the presence of God. Come on, Holy Ghost. Trials are not always that bad. We don't like them. But what is a trial in your life? It's to strengthen your faith in God's word. I feel the presence of God. Man, I don't know about it. It excites me. What we look at misery and sorrow sometimes is victory. It's where you gain the, the power to live for God. My Lord Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost, praise God. I don't like trials. <laughs> I don't like when the bank account is empty. I don't like when I don't feel good. I don't like when, when people come against me. I don't like it. Man, just be honest, nobody likes it. But if we take our faith and say, this is what Jesus said, I don't know how to handle this. And all of a sudden, you see triumph. You see things change. You, you, see, you see your life growing. I feel the presence of God, man. You feel the faith of your life growing. You feel your faith, your, your relationship with God get closer and closer. That's how we win, y'all. When we have great faith like the Satyrian did. Only speak the word. <laughs> he didn't ask Jesus, well, prove to me you're the Messiah. Make fire come down from heaven. He didn't ask him that. Walk on the water again. Raise a dead person. He didn't say none of that. He said, just speak it. Just speak it. Just say it. And my servant will be healed. My Lord, I feel like preaching, praise God. I'm not going to keep you long, but I, I can feel the presence of God. <clears throat> I love it when I can feel God's revelation taking place, His spirit taking place. It's not because it's me, because I know in my life, if I'm going to have victory, it's going to be on what Jesus says. <clears throat> Excuse me. My Lord, my, let me just read this. You can close your Bibles, okay? Seriously. I just want to read some scripture to you. Just if you feel like writing the verses down, you can. Matthew 17, verse 20 says, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, 
And this is the time when Jesus went into the mountain. He came back and he had a, they had a, a boy that was demon-possessed. And all of a sudden, and, and Jesus comes down. The father brings the boy to him and says, Lord, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cast him out, the demon out. And Jesus cast it out, and they asked Jesus, the disciples, why couldn't we do it? <laughs> Say it again. Because of your unbelief. And he says, this kind not coming out, but by prayer and fasting. You weren't ready. Let's say we want to take the devil on. Are you ready to take the devil on? Are you prepared to take the devil on? Listen, I don't give no glory to Satan, but that is a powerful being. Shrewd and evil. And he knows how to destroy lives. You, you, come on, somebody. He knows how to, how to defeat Christians. He just got to get them to doubt God. The very first sin in the Bible was caused because he got Adam and Eve to doubt God. You sure God said that? About the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Remember that story? You sure God said? He just don't want you to. He got them to question the Lord's word. You don't think if he gets you to question it, he can defeat you? My Lord, we got a lot to learn. That's, <laughs> we got so much to learn. Hallelujah. He says, if you have the faith as a, as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here and there. Move from yonder place. And, and, and it, will be, it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Now, everybody's saying, oh, that's a spiritual mountain. No, it's a physical mountain. See, that's how powerful faith is. If there's a mountain in your way and you speak to it, it'll move. Oh, that's how they used to believe that in the old days. No, it's still the same gospel. Whatever's in your life, whatever's facing your, your path, if that, listen, we could use troubles, we could use problems, we could use sickness, whatever, praise God. God has given us the power in faith to stand against things that's in our way. Right? Okay. <laughs> the devil is going to bring everything he can in your way. He's going to put everything in front of you to fight you. He's going to do everything he can to defeat you. I wish I didn't have to say that about because I don't want to give him no credit, no glory, nowhere. But he is a powerful being. You know, most Christians that say, I got the devil under my foot. Don't got him under his foot. They, they got that from church people, you see. They underestimate the devil and, and make him sound like he's some kind of little puny thing, but he's not. But the only thing that's going to defeat him is the word of God, right, Just the cat. The only thing that's going to defeat him is God's word. And if you speak that word, he, that's where he's defeated. If you say what God said, what Jesus said. Remember when he was in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights? The devil tempted him. You know, it is written. He put him on the, on the pedicle of the temple. You remember that? Say, throw yourself from there down. Kill you, throw yourself down. It is written. He says, he's bring his angels at the time you dash your foot against a stone. They'll rear you up. He was getting, trying to get Jesus to commit suicide. But Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. <laughs> Listen, the devil is crafty, and he's shrewd. And he knows that Bible better than you. And he knows how to quote it. If he can get you feeling defeated, depressed, and destroyed, that's exactly where he wants you. He can do anything he wants with you. 
I don't want to. You're supposed to tell him how it's good to have faith. And God will give us everything. And how we're blessed if we have faith. But faith comes. Listen, to have true faith, it takes, a job, it takes work. You have to exercise that faith. Because I can tell you, when you're going to leave this building, when you, maybe today, it's going, you're going to have a chance to test your faith. And to see if you're going to believe God or not. How many times that happened? You heard a preaching on faith, and you had to go outside, and all of a sudden, they go, go, go home or somewhere, and, and all of a sudden, telephone rings. Oh, man, something horrible has happened. <laughs> you know, somebody's sick and dying. Some, you know, everything, everything you love and, and, and want in life is destroyed. How, how many of you have been through that one time or another? And, and, and the Word of God says, if you trust me and believe me, all things possible to them they believe. There's nothing you can't do. To defeat the devil if you only believe what God says. Right? Don't compromise it. Believe it. Don't say, well, yeah, that sounds good, but. I've been, uh, listen, I've been a button Christian in my life. But. God said this, but. <laughs> you don't know my circumstance, but. <laughs> you ever did that? God says, Lenny, I want you to believe, but God, you, you like I'm, I'm, I know more than God. <laughs> I caught myself one day praying, and I was almost telling God how to do his job. <laughs> I, looked, I thought about how stupid. Who am I to counsel God? <laughs> Come on, be for real. I mean, done that. God, I think you ought to do this, and God, you ought to go to get this one and do this one and, and whatever. You know, you ever done that? <clears throat> I guess I'm the only one ever committed that sin. <laughs> Seriously. I can't. Who am I? Listen, all I have to do is do what God says, right? You know, I come to a stop sign, you know what it says? You sure? You sure it says stop? What if I interpret it another way and said it says go? You might say it's stop and I might say it's go. Who's right? Well, just go and you'll find out who's right. Either you're gonna get you'll get you gonna get smashed for another car or you're gonna get a ticket. No, it means stop. If God says, Lanny, stop. Stop. God says to you, stop. Stop. God says to you, go. Go. There's warning signs are there for a reason, right? We don't like them sometimes. We're so much in a hurry in our modern society. Listen, I, I drive them dump trucks. I'm going to tell you what. I've never seen so many impatient people in my life. I said, where the hell they going? <laughs> man, they're cutting out, man. Listen, I don't you see that yellow line. In the curve. <laughs> you know why Janice is laughing? Because I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> I remember one time I, my car was smoking. It was a, it was a young, young, young person. And I said, man, I got to hurry and get some water. I passed in the yellow line. Guess what? I cop stopped. And he didn't care if my car was smoking or not. He still gave me a ticket. <laughs> Oh, but I was trying to help him get water. He didn't care. He gave me a ticket. You're not supposed to pass in a, in a curve. And now I'm, I'm really, I've, I've come down a lot. I don't do it as much. <laughs> I don't do it as much. And you know, before I do it, I got, I got a little bit of sense. I, I see if they got a cop coming. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, keep, 
Don't start, Mr. Matthews, man. <laughs> you ever do that? You ever driving 60, 70 miles now, and all of a sudden you see, you know, uh, listen, them cops are getting slick now. They hide behind trees now and in between buildings. <laughs> listen, you know, you pass almost in the same place every day, right? So you notice. <laughs> you know there might be a police officer there. So you get to this by wait, I saw a cop yesterday. I better slow down. <laughs> Y'all all guilty. Every one of you. I need a repent. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but what is that cop there for? To make sure the law is enforced. Huh? All right. Stop, Lenny. Go, Lenny. Slow down, Lenny. You know, what a, uh, you, you know what a yield sound is? Sign that it's, not, it, it's not the, yeah, it doesn't mean yell, it means yield. <laughs> it means be cautious. There could be danger. But I'm going to tell you what, and, and this is a spiritual lesson. No, I'm not getting off in what I'm saying. If you see that, that yellow line, that yellow light come on, that don't mean hurry up and pass before it turns red. It means slow down and stop. It's a caution light. Okay. Okay, how many of us do that without faith? God says, stop landing. Stop, slow down, don't go. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to do it anyhow. <laughs> All right. I'm almost finished. Somebody see amen or in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, For we walk by faith, not by sight. It's easier. My mom won't sing that song. You're going to pray for my mom. It's not feeling good. But she sings that, mouth, that song, Up on the Mountain. Remember that song? As long as you're up on the mountain, everything's going good. Man, you can have all the faith in the world. You remember we talked about it when you're down in the valley. <laughs> See, he's still God down in the valley. He's not, he's not just God on the top of the mountain, Right? And I like this song because it tells a lot what Christians are. Well, as long as we got the money in the bank and everything's going good and we're getting all everything we want, we can have faith. We can tell people to have faith all day long. But what about when you're down in the valley where nothing is going right? It seems like every time you turn around, a problem arises. Right. You see, you see the problem, but you don't see the problem solved yet. But that's when you live by faith, right? Hallelujah. I'm fixing to close with this one verse. Okay, I got some more, but I'm not going to stop. Because I want you to understand, the satyrian had great faith. Right? Because what did he do? He recognized the authority of Jesus. And he moved according to what Jesus said. Right? Those two principles is an exercise that we need to practice in our faith. Right? The Bible says... We must believe in God and believe He's a reward of them that diligently seek Him, right? Have faith in the Lord. Not faith that He is. Well, that's important. You need to believe that He is. We must believe that He is and He's a reward of them. That's how the scripture reads it. We must, we must believe that He is and He's a reward of them that diligently seek Him, right? I'm sorry, Hebrews. Did I say Hebrews 6, 11, no, Hebrews 11, 6, verse 6? 
Yeah, 11, Hebrews 11, 6 says this. How can we please the Lord? Do we please the Lord by doing works? Do we please the Lord about, you know, you know, serving people in the church and every day we serve the Lord? Every, I'm not against that. I think it's a good thing. Works are there when faith is applied, right? When faith is present, works will happen. And what I mean by that is that when you start believing what God says, it's going to produce good works. You can't produce good works without God being in it. There's a lot of people do that. They, even the world does that. Many raising money to feed the poor and they, they're doing all that stuff, sending money overseas. But is that pleasing the Lord? <clears throat> Nothing wrong with it. Good thing, but is it God's glory? Is God, <clears throat> is God getting the glory of it? What pleases the Lord? Without faith. Come on, somebody. Without faith, <clears throat> it's impossible. Listen, impossible. Well, I'm going to please the Lord by doing all these good things. That's not what pleases the Lord. Faith pleases the Lord. What kind of faith? Faith in believing what God said. Not even just, if you say, I believe in God, that's good, but that's not what he's talking about, right? Faith is establishing, great faith comes from believing what Jesus says. When you walk out that door today, you got to walk in faith. To walk in the Spirit, you have to believe what God says. Even though you don't feel the super energy of the Holy Ghost all over you and goosebumps coming out on, on every part of your body, it's what you believe to be true. <clears throat> it's what makes faith work. And that's how you please God. Man, that's too simple. I went to a faith seminar one time, and they gave me all kind of steps on how to believe God. I'm one, two, three step, and this step, and that step, and that step, and that step, you know. And, you know, I had to go bring water to people on the street. That made me, made, made me have faith. No, that ain't going to make you have faith. Come on, somebody. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without believing what he said, don't try. If you're not going to believe what he says, all you're going to do is going to be useless. Or it might be good works, but necessarily it's not going to bring, it's not going to please the Lord. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Everybody in here believes there's a God. I believe that. You're not here because you don't believe there's a God, right? Everybody in here believes there's a God. But he rewards those that do what? Diligently seek him. Why are you seeking God for? You're seeking God for the faith of his word to operate in your life, right? But then you go back to all that faith stuff and all. Why can't we just believe God and jump and sing and, and, and not necessarily have to do everything he says? You can't please God without doing what he says. You hear what I'm saying? True faith produces works. True faith produces a holy life. We talked about it before. Grace. I'm talking about the word grace. They throw that word around like it's, it's, it's just a, a language people use in the church. But what, what is grace? Grace produces a holy life. Come on, somebody. Oh, grace just means I'm saved. No, it's much more than that. Grace produces a holy life. 
If you have lust in your heart, then you're stepping out of grace. See, grace is reaching out to you. If you think you can live in sin and hold on to grace, you got another problem, man. It ain't going to happen. My Bible says that grace produces a holy life. Without, you know, you know we're not saved by, by works, but by grace, through faith. Through what? Through faith. So grace and faith link up together as one. If you're going to get the grace of God, you've got to have faith. And when that faith is going to be operating with that grace, it's going to produce a righteous life. Is that so hard? <laughs> you make it sound viable. The word of God is everything. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is everything. <laughs> there ain't no other way. I'm going to ask you tonight. I'm, just, well, I'm going to ask you today. <laughs> How is your faith? Is your faith weak? Your faith in between? Or is your faith great faith? That's a question. And you have to leave here with that question on your heart. How do I get great faith? I got to believe that God is and he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. And also got to believe that what his word is, is, is life. That's it. Well, you know, years ago, America said in the 60s that he was going to listen to Sigmund Floyd. Nobody know who that guy is. He's an atheist. That came up with a philosophy that we couldn't whip out children and, you know, we couldn't do the things God's, after all, we're going to warp their And started making the educational system deny God. And when he did that, look what we have today. Foolishness is in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction <coughs> will drive him far from him. But Sigmund Floyd said, we don't need God. We don't need the Quran. We don't need, we don't need correction. We just, we can't, we got to motivate our children. And I'm not against motivation, but when they're in sin, they need to repent. My boy, Isaac. Lawrence's son. <laughs> he was five years old. I'll never forget it to that day. He lied to me. Hmm? He lied to me. And I had my... Oh, I'm not, vengeance is fine, said the Lord. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't see that. I didn't want vengeance to be on him, but I had enough to give him. But the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him. He said, son, I said, you sinned. And look, bro, tears started coming out of his eyes. We're crying. For the first time in his life, he realized that he sinned against God. And, you know, he got his whipping anyhow. But I think that hurted him more. And he came to me as a young kid. And Hannah, too, was driving in my truck and said, Daddy, I need Jesus. Now, I told somebody, I said, if I don't went over there in, in a vindictive, pay you back. Don't you dare to lie to me, son. I'll make you regret it until you die. What did that have done to him? Well, you know what? You know what? I, I realized that if I'd have done that, I'd have did it in my anger and vengeance. Therefore, I wouldn't have him serving the God, the Lord today. Because all he saw in me was a vindictive. He just saw that in God. I had to show him that you sinned and you're going to get your discipline. 
But I take him by the hand. All my other kids, Boogie's one, Boogie tell you that too. It's not that we did everything perfect. Don't get me wrong saying we were a perfect family. We're not. My God, Lord, I did a lot of wrong things. And I could spend all day talking about that. But the thing is that I would grab him after I would whip him. I grab him and we pray. We pray. We pray. You know what? I don't have my, none of my children on drugs. I got someone that's living through a lot. The Lord, like, I got my older daughter I'm praying for. But the, this, the other day she came to my house and I said, listen, what you're doing is sin. My wife would tell you she was there. I'm not going to lie to her and make you think that you can offend God and sin against God and turn around and expect God to bless it. It's not, but, you know, I learned that from the word. <laughs> Come on, somebody. If I hide what I know to be true, they might never get saved. They'll maybe never turn to the Lord. But if I go to them according to God's word and do what he says, I operated in faith, right? And, and, and said, this is not right. Now, we think faith is all, all, all we need, we, we're going to get from God. It's all we can get from God. Let's see what we can get. That's not true. That's not all what faith's about. Faith is about living a godly life. Faith is about applying God's word. Listen, I, I know that. Because when I apply God's word, it works every time. Come on, somebody. Every time. God's word has never failed me once. But when Lanny did it his way, I, I accumulated debt in my life. I had to pay more money. I had to, I had to do all kinds of stuff. I mean, things that wouldn't, you know, when I didn't have to. Because God said, believe in me. And trust me and I'll take care of you. Amen. Y'all stand up a minute. Praise God. I'm going to pray with y'all, but I'm going to pray with me too, okay? <laughs> you see, when you, when, when you preach, you preach to yourself first. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. Just bow your head. You, you can answer between you and God. You don't even have to tell me anything, okay? How great is your faith? Do you have little faith? Are you on the verge of faith and doubt? Or you kind of believe and you kind of don't? Or do you have great faith? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you for me, I want great faith. I want great faith. I want to believe God for everything in my life. And I want to understand that faith is just not a word, y'all. It's just not something we push around in church. Without that, you'll never get to God. You'll never please the Lord, right? Without faith, it's impossible. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. Lord, I know faith is the rock from which we stand. Jesus said, if you build your house upon the sand, the storms will come, Lord, it says, and beat against that house, and that house is going to fall. But if you build the house upon the rock, upon the word, when the storms come, the house is going to stand because it was built upon a rock. Father, let our faith stand today. Listen, God, we need, we need faith. We need true faith. We need godly faith. Help us to believe, Lord God. And everyone in this church right now, send out through your Holy Ghost and, and show them, and teach them that by faith we will live our lives. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, bless this congregation. Lord God, bless their homes, their lives. Do mighty works in their lives. 
And we thank you.